Good evening, family. Are you well? It's so wonderful to see faces in church. Aren't you super excited to be back in the house of God? Well, before I get started with the message, I want to just take a moment and speak to you about an exciting project that will be starting in August. It'll be actually happening on the 21st of August, and it is called Clean Our City. So as a church, we want to make a difference in our community, right? We've done so many great, wonderful works that we want our community to know that we care. So we're asking you as the church to just take a look around the areas where you stay, find a park or a street or an intersection that needs a bit of TLC, and then discuss what you want to do there. If it's, for example, a park and you're cutting grass or you're just picking up the rubble, then you'll say we need rakes and shovels and lawnmowers and bags. And then how many people you need for that? Send that uh, request to groups at cfcsa.ca.za. And then once we've received that, this week is the final week, we'll upload all those projects onto our Serve app. And then we're going to invite the members to come and join those different projects on our Clean the City Day, which will happen on the 21st of August. Isn't that awesome? Making a difference in our community. So we are super excited about that. Well, we're going to get into the Word. Won't you stand with me this evening? And we're going to open in prayer. I think this mic is making a bit of noise. Let me just push it back a bit, I think. hope I'm winning. There we go. Let's uh, open in prayer. But before we do that, I want to thank Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev for the awesome privilege that they have given me to minister the Word this evening. And I truly, truly appreciate that. So let's pray tonight. Father, as we come together, we come to you in the wonderful name of Jesus. Lord, as always, we remind ourselves that we can do nothing without you. So we invite you to come and have your way. This is your church. I pray for every person that's here this evening or online that as they listen to your word, that it will penetrate deep in their hearts, causing life to change. And as a result, they'll live out their destiny that you have for them. Father, we are careful in advance to give you alone all the praise, the honor and glory. I do not trust in my ability, but totally depend upon you. And I thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, once again, just greet the person next to you. Tell them, are you ready for the word? And then you may be seated. Well, as always, we encourage you to have a notepad and a pen, to have your Bibles and to obviously make notes or go to our CFC app. If you go to the bottom left-hand side, you'll see there, if you click on that, you'll get the church, the notes for the service and some scriptures and that helps you just to fill in the blanks for anything that stands out for you. Well, family, this evening, I wanna bring you a message which I believe will encourage us all. You know, as we look back over the last 18 months to two years, our lives have been on a roller coaster ride. Would you agree with me? <laughs> a real roller coaster ride. I mean, some people have been through some amazing uh, difficulties. Some have had some amazing breakthroughs. I mean, if you were selling sanitizer, this was a great year for you, right? But for some people, it was challenging. I mean, I know people that have had so many problems that when they look back, even their problems had problems. 
It's been a tough time. And because of that, I really felt it would be awesome to bring you a message which is titled, It's Time for a Breakthrough. Who needs a breakthrough? We can raise both hands and say, Amen. You know, whatever it is, somewhere in your life, you need a breakthrough. Big or small, whatever it is, we all need to just push on and look back at the last 18 months and say, You know, God, you've been good to me. You've been good to me. And so this evening, we're going to take a journey. And we're going to be reading out of Joshua chapter 6 primarily. That's going to be the main portion of Scripture out of Joshua chapter 6. You can find that in your Bible so long. But while you're looking for it, you know, we can learn a lot from the children of Israel. If we look at their lives and the journey that, that they went on, it's very similar to the journey that we go on as believers. If you think about where they were in slavery in Egypt, they were in slavery. Before we knew Jesus, we were slaves to sin. If you look at what happened to them, they were set free. God set them free from that slavery, just like Jesus did that for us and set us free from being slaves to sin. You know, when they went through the the Red Sea, when they went through the sea and God parted the sea, what happened was that sea closed in on their past and it left it behind. As believers, when we go into the waters of baptism, that's what happens. Our past stays behind. We come up brand new. That's really also was a shadow and a type of what we'd go through through the waters of baptism. And then as you all know, they were on a journey to a promised land, to promises that God had given them, that they would have a land flowing with milk and honey. And you see, we are on a journey ourselves as believers. And as we go on this journey, we are entering in and experiencing the different promises and blessings that God has for us as well. So our lives are really similar in many ways to what they went through. So as we read now in Joshua chapter 6 and verse 1, we're going to pick up this account where Joshua and the children of Israel are now coming up to the city of Jericho. And so it says in chapter 6 and verse 1, Now Jericho was securely shut up of, um, of the children of, because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. Isn't that interesting? This city was closed completely for, for, from the children of Israel. They couldn't get into the city. It was closed up for them. And so we see here that Joshua has now taken over as the leader from Moses. Moses has died. Joshua's taken over. He's leading the children of Israel. He's their commander and chief and leading them on this journey. And the first big moment as their leader, he brings them to the city of Jericho. And as we read, the city was an imposing city. Massive big walls, big gates, a strong, strong city. And the gates were securely shut so that no one could get in and get out. And you know what's interesting about that, family? What's interesting about that is that is what is happening to many people's lives right now. They feel like their breakthrough is shut up and they can't get in. There's these imposing walls that seem to hold them back from the breakthrough that they are trusting God for. And so they were on their journey coming out from a desert experience towards the promises of God, towards this amazing big city. And on their way, Joshua brings them towards the city. Now you need to understand, he knew it was there. Remember, he was the 12, one of the 12 spies. He had spied out the land. He'd come back and, and uh, the, the 12 spies, as you know, came back and 10 said to Moses, no, no, we can't go there. This is not a great place for us. Yes, it does have the blessing, but we can't go there. But what did Joshua and Caleb say? They said, no, we must. 
We can go there. We must go there. That's where the promises lie. And so Joshua knew about this family. He took them, I believe, he took them on purpose in that direction. You see, they had to learn. In order to enjoy the blessings of God, you have to learn to overcome your challenges. And so this was one of the first things he did as a leader. He brought them to this imposing city with massive walls that were holding people back, gates that were closed that they couldn't penetrate. And I believe he brought them there under the direction of God so they could learn, number one, they will have the victory and God is gonna show them how. And so they go on this journey. Now you see for us, many of us are facing walls right now. We feel that the gates are closed in on us. And the very first thing you and I have to do, if we truly want a breakthrough in our life, the first thing that we need to do, family, is we need to choose a target for our breakthrough. We need to set a target on those walls. And we need to decide, I'm going to overcome these challenges in order to get where God wants me to go. Now, family, I don't know what you're facing. I don't know what challenges you have in your life. But in order to get from where you are to the promised land that God has for you, you have to choose to face the challenges in front of you. You cannot decide to turn back and say, you know what, we'll just leave it behind. You see, the children of Israel wanted to. At one stage, they said, let's just go back to Egypt. But going back to Egypt was never going to help them. They needed to learn to face their giant in order to overcome it. You can never overcome a challenge if you turn your back on it. You have to go forward. Now, I don't know what you're facing tonight. Those of you online, all of us here that are in, in person here today, I don't know what it is. I don't know what wall's in front of you. I don't know what the challenge is that you need to overcome to get to your breakthrough. But perhaps it could be a giant that's in your marriage, a challenge that's in your marriage that you know, I need to deal with this in order to go forward. Perhaps it's that. Perhaps it's a financial challenge. And there's something around that financial challenge you know right now as I'm speaking, you say yes. There's something I have to deal with right there in order to move forward. I have to set a target on that. It could be an addiction that you're facing, whatever it is, whether it's a drinking challenge or a drug challenge or a pornography challenge, you know right now in your heart that in order to get where God wants me to be, I have to deal with that issue. I can't take it along with me. It's going to hold me back. It's going to be like a Jericho, an imposing wall that's not gonna let you through. Maybe it's a health issue. Maybe you're standing in the gap for a loved one. Maybe it's a health issue there. Or perhaps for many people, it's a mistake you made in your past and you haven't dealt with it and it's just holding you back. Whatever that thing is, you need to choose to deal with it. You see, friends, if we look at those challenges, whatever they may be, and we say, no, I think it's too much. I just think it's too much. If that's your thought process, that'll hold you back your whole life. I love what Henry McKinnon said, he said this, to expect defeat is nine-tenths of defeat itself. To expect defeat. Can you imagine we are watching the Olympics at the moment, right? And some of our athletes have done an amazing job. Can you imagine one of our athletes on the starting line thinking, I'm probably going to lose. Can you imagine that? If that was their thought process, they probably actually wouldn't have even made it to the starting line. When they're training, 
when they're going through all those hours and weeks and days preparing, they're preparing in their mind to win. They're not training thinking, I'm probably going to lose. So that's their expectation. When a person stands holding that gold medal or that silver medal or that bronze medal, they are not holding it by chance. It's because they expected to win. They never went into it with defeat. And I'm saying to all of us tonight, don't quit. Your breakthrough is closer than you think. Just don't give up now. This is a time for all of us right now tonight. Wherever you are, online or in person or one of the venues, I'm asking you right now, choose the first challenge that comes to your mind and say, I'm setting that as a target and I'm going to deal with that challenge today. Write it down. Make a note of it and decide today that's the thing I'm going to focus on to get towards where I want to go. So we need to do that. That's the first thing we need to do. You see, Romans 8.37 says this. No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. Isn't that awesome? Overwhelming victory. But nobody has overwhelming victory if they're thinking of defeat. I want you to know as Christians, we pray from a point of victory. We never pray from a point of defeat. Even though the challenge might be there, you're not praying defeated. You're praying from a point of victory. Jesus has made the way. I'm praying and I'm expecting something to change. Amen. And so we need to face those things. So tonight, step number one is I'm going to set a target. I'm going to choose the thing that I need to focus on. And I'm not going to waver until I've overcome that. So after we've done that, after we've chosen our target, the next thing we need to do, family, is this, is we need to build faith for our breakthrough. You need to build your faith to overcome those different challenges. You need to do that. If we go on and read here in Joshua 6 verse 2, listen to this, it says this, but the Lord said to Joshua, Jericho and its king and all its mighty warriors are already defeated for I have given them to you. Isn't that awesome? Can you imagine God waking you up in the middle of the night and saying to you, Pastor Johnny, you already have the victory. I'm promising you and guaranteeing you have X, Y, and Z. Wouldn't that be a great blessing? Wouldn't you love that? Well, that's what God said to Joshua. But do you know that that's not where Joshua started? Joshua didn't start faithful. He ended faithful. He didn't start there. Let's jump back a chapter. If we go to Joshua chapter 5, you want to turn back to verse 13, Joshua chapter 5 and verse 13. So before he heard those words, which I just read, here we see Joshua approaching Jericho. And verse 13 says this. Now, when Joshua was near Jericho, he looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand. Now, Bible scholars and theologians believe, if you look up different uh, 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 commentaries on that. They believe that this person here was Jesus before he came to the earth through Mary. That's what they believe. Okay, if you look it up, you can read different commentaries. That's what they believe. And so Joshua is approaching Jericho, and yeah, he sees this mighty warrior with a drawn sword. Joshua went up and asked. Now this is Joshua going up to him, asking, "Are you for us or our enemies? Are you for us or our enemies?" That doesn't sound like a man who's got a whole lot of confidence saying, please move out the way. I have victory. I have a promise. <laughs> That's a man asking, listen, are you, are you for me or are you for them? I just want to know. I'm not sure. If he had the promise, if he was faithful, 
that wouldn't have bothered him. He would have said, well, ah, this is the promise from God. I'm going, I'm taking charge here. Jericho's mine. But he's asking, are you for us or are you for our enemies? Neither replied, neither he replied, but as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. That's an awesome statement here. But you see, family, what is really happening here, this commander, or if you want to, you can say Jesus, is not, he's saying to Joshua, Joshua, it's not important whether I'm on your side or your enemy's side. The important thing here is, are you with me? Are you with me? Because I'm the commander. So I, we're, I'm neither for them or for you. Who's with me, he's saying. Are you with me? And that's what he's saying to Joshua. He's, he's wanting to find out where are you at, Joshua? Are you willing to follow me? I love what Abraham Lincoln said. Listen to these words. I love this. He's, Abraham Lincoln's words say this. My concern is not whether God is on our side. My greatest concern is to be on God's side. For God is always right. What an awesome leader. Wouldn't you love to have a leader saying that to you? We could have some leader saying, we are choosing to be on God's side. And so, so this is what happened. If you keep on reading, let's read uh, verse 14. Neither he replied, but as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. Then Joshua fell face down to the ground in reverence and asked him, what message does my Lord have for his servants? He has a change in the man's attitude from asking, uh, excuse me, who are you with? Are you with them or with us? I just want to make sure. To yeah, a man, a leader of Israel, bowing down, saying, what do you have for me? What message do you have for me? It goes on in verse 15 to say, the commander of the Lord's army replied, take off your sandals for the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did so. So what do we see here, family? Here we see Joshua fully submitting to the Lord. He's saying, not my way, but yours. I'm totally surrendering. I may be the leader of Israel, but I'm choosing to submit myself to you because I know if I follow you, I will always have victory. That's a big change in heart, right? That's a big change in his approach. And so we need to be like that. We need to be, number one, people that will find a promise from God, and submit ourselves to that. Choose to follow that. Not say to God, Lord, um, um, this is what I want to do. Have you got a scripture for me to do what I want to do? That's different. He's saying, I'm going to submit to you, whatever you want. Because he said, what is your message? He submitted himself, took off of his sandals as a sign of complete surrender. And then only later in chapter six, do we read him getting the promise from God. Isn't that interesting? And so that's the thing we need to do. We need to find scripture that builds our faith to have the victory for that target. And we need to submit ourselves to that word. Whatever that word is telling you to do, we need to follow it with no questions. Totally submitted, like Joshua did. He totally surrendered. So number one, he decided this is the target. Number one, we have a target. This is a challenge I need to overcome. Number two, I'm going to trust God for a scripture to build my faith so that I can overcome that challenge. That's what we need to do. I believe the third step is so super important. You see, it's good to know what you're facing and it's good to know what you're targeting. It's super important to have faith, right? Because the Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please the Lord. But I believe this third step 
is so important. And many people, unfortunately, don't follow this one. And the third step is this. We need to walk in obedience until we get our breakthrough. Walk in obedience. You see, we set a target. We let faith begin to build as God works it out. And when he's doing that, we just need to walk in obedience. You see, family, when we obey, we are saying, God, I trust you. When we obey his instruction and his word, we are simply saying, your obedience is saying to God, I fully trust you. That's what it's saying. And we need to know this, that obedience is always part of every breakthrough. If you want breakthrough, God's going to require you to be obedient. If you want the breakthrough, you're going to have to do it his way. In 1 Samuel 15, 22, it says this, what is more pleasing to the Lord? It's a question. What is more pleasing to the Lord? Your burnt offerings and sacrifices or your obedience to his voice? So yeah, we're getting asked a question. I believe that is so relevant today. What is more important to God? The sacrifices you make or obeying his voice? It goes on to say this, obedience is far better than sacrifice. Listening to God is much better than offering the fat of rams. God wants obedience more than anything else. You know, I've been with Christian Family Church for about 29 years. And I would say the, the strongest theme I've ever received from Apostle Theo is this. Listen and obey. Through all my years, I believe that that's what Apostle Theo has always taught us the most. Just listen to God's instruction and obey. Listen to his instruction and obey. And he's taught us that. I mean, how to recognize the voice of God is one of the books he wrote, right? And so that's so important. We need to listen to God. I mean, I've got three sons. And um, when they were a bit younger, it was a more of a challenge than it is now. But if you're a parent and you go into your child's room and it's an absolute mess, and you say to them, Mary, I want you to tidy your room. Okay, I'm just, no, Mary's not my son's name. Just mentioning Mary as a name. <laughs> Mary, I want you to tidy your room. And Mary comes to you and says, but daddy, I haven't watched, watched any TV this week. I've been so good. I, I haven't dirtied any dishes. And Mary chooses not to obey your instruction. What's better? The fact that she was behaving herself and keeping the house tidy elsewhere but disobeying your instruction, that doesn't please you, right? And God's saying, your sacrifices are not as important as your obedience to my instruction. And so God wants us to obey. And, and as children of Israel, as, as, as God was leading them, that's what, exactly what they did. God asked them to do something. Even when it seemed odd, they obeyed. Look what it says here in Joshua 6 from verse 3. It says this, God's given them an instruction. It says, march around the city, once with all the armed men, do this for six days. I want you to march around the city once every day for six days. You know what's interesting here? That the number six represents the fullness of man's ability, which is not enough. Fullness of man's ability is not enough. The best you've got to offer is not enough. That's why you have to be fully submitted and surrendered to God and say, Lord, it's your way. And and then he goes on to say in verse four, have the seven priests carry trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark. And on the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets. When you hear the sound of a long blast of the trumpets, have all the people give a loud shout. 
then the walls of the city will collapse and the people will go up, every man straight in. Now, I don't know about you, but gee, that's a weird instruction to get walls to fall down. I mean, I don't know if you wanted to maybe move, do some work at your house, renovate some rooms, maybe change your precast wall outside to a brick wall and you stood there shouting, I don't know if it fell down. I'm not sure if that worked for you, but that's a strange instruction, right? I mean, this is a big imposing city, massive walls, big gates. We're going to march around it six times. The seventh day, we're going to march around it seven times. We're going to shout and the walls are going to fall down. I mean, that just doesn't seem like that's even connected to their breakthrough. But that's what God asks him to, to do. But you see, family, as we remain obedient and consistent, the thing that you have targeted tonight, the thing that you have built your faith for, that wall will come down if you choose to obey God's instruction, no matter how strange it may seem. But here's the thing with obedience. The biggest thing with obedience is a little thing called the timeline. <laughs> Most of us don't have a problem with obedience. We just like to know how long. How long must I keep doing this for, Lord? We don't have a problem with that. That's the thing. And the thing with obedience is this, is that it's never as short as we wish or as long as we fear. It's never as short as we wish and it's never as long as we fear. We need to just remain obedience, obedient because it's always in God's perfect timing. If we will just do what he says for as long as he says, it will always work out. Obedience can be uncomfortable and at most times it doesn't make sense. Many times it just doesn't make any sense when God asks you to do something. God asks you to, to, to perhaps do the strangest thing you've ever done. It might not be weird, but it's just, I've got to speak to somebody and say something to them that I don't think even makes sense, but God expects you to do it. Just be obedient. There's a lady called Elizabeth Elliot. Listen to her words. She says this, God is God. Because he is God, he is worthy of my trust and obedience. I will find rest nowhere but in his holy will that is unspeakably beyond my largest notions of what he is up to. She's saying, I don't know at the best of time what God is up to, but he is God and I'm going to obey. And I know because of that, he's up to something. We might not see it or know exactly what God is doing in each situation, family, but we can and must believe that he is up to something. You see, church, God wants us to be obedient, even when it looks like it has nothing to do with your breakthrough. Even, look like, even if it looks like it's completely opposite to what you believe in him for. Think about the children of Israel just for a moment. God's promising them the city. They need to get inside the city. But he's not asking them to attack it with shovels and pick, pick handles. He's not asking them to try and bash it down with other br bricks. Maybe that might have been a bit closer to getting the walls to come down. He's asking them to just walk around it and say nothing. And then eventually on the seventh day, do that same thing you've been doing seven more times. And when they blow the horns, the trumpets, I want you to scream and shout with a loud voice that the wall is going to come down. Come on, let's be honest. Have you ever watched that TV program called Family Feud? Have you seen it in South Africa where all the families come together and the host, Steve, uh, what's his name? Harvey. He's the host of that. And, and the families get asked different questions. Have you ever seen that program? And then one of the family members answers the question in the dumbest way. And the family still cheer him. Oh, yeah, yeah. 
Can you imagine the, the soldiers here listening to Joshua? Uh, we're going to walk around the wall here. We're going to shout. It's going to come. They're going, oh, great idea, Joshua. That makes no sense. But, yeah, you know, you know sins like the strangest thing. But yet, their obedience got them the breakthrough. Being obedient to what God says. You know, friends, wherever you are in your daily life, just be obedient to what God asks you to do. The fact that you're in church tonight, well done. That's an act of obedience. It might be completely opposite to what you need right now. It might be completely opposite to the thing you're facing, but your act of obedience is going to please the Lord. At your place of work, God might just tell you to tell somebody Jesus loves you, but your challenge might be financial. You're thinking, how's that connected to my financial breakthrough? But it's obedience. Being in a group is an act of obedience. Serving here on the dream team is an act of obedience. Just being part of what God wants you to do every day where you're at. And as you're walking and being obedient, doing the very thing that God has for you, he's working it out. He's working it out because you see, the thing that he's asking you to do is pleasing him. And behind the scenes, he's fighting for you because the battle is his and the victory is yours. So let's just do what he says, whatever it is, whether it's just telling somebody about Jesus, being faithful, being at church, serving on the dream team, bringing somebody to church, whatever it is, it might have nothing to do with where you're at. But behind the scenes, you are working on your breakthrough. God is fighting on your behalf. You see, family, obedience doesn't make sense, but it always leads to blessing. Obedience doesn't make sense but it always leads to blessing. Galatians chapter six and verse nine says this. Let us not become weary in doing good for at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Say that with me this evening. I will reap a harvest if I remain faithful and don't give up. I believe that family. I believe that. I was listening to a pastor telling a story uh, he would drive every morning with his little son to primary school. He had a young son. The son was in primary school. And he would take him to, to, uh, to school every morning. And on the route that they would go, before the school, there was a road that would be flat and they would have a steep incline before it get, got to the, the school. And as they were driving every day, he noticed another young boy who would ride his bicycle to school. And every day he'd see this young boy try and ride up that steep hill, but he'd often get off because he couldn't make it to the top. And day after day, as he took his son, he would notice this young boy trying to ride up the hill. Then one day when he was driving to school, he noticed the young boy was down on his knees on the pavement with like a little chalk making marks, like a little stone making marks. He, he didn't know what it was. So anyway, he noticed that he drove off, took his son to school. When he picked up his son that afternoon, he decided, I want to go past there. I want to see what that young child was doing. And when he got there and he stopped and he got out his car, he noticed on that steep part of the hill a, little, a whole lot of lines with dates. And what the young boy was doing, he would ride as far as he could. And when he couldn't, he would stop and draw a line and write the date. And then the lines would vary. Some days he had greater gains and sometimes he had less gains, but he always had gains slowly and he would mark it off. You see, that young boy had a goal. And even though his gains some days were small and other days were bigger, he never gave up until he made it all the way up the hill. And we need to be like that young boy. We need to know whether the gains are big or small. If we'll just keep on keeping on, we will get to overcome and have our breakthrough. 
And listen to what happened to Joshua. In Joshua chapter 6, verse 27, it says this. So the Lord was with Joshua and his fame spread throughout all the country. Isn't that awesome? You see, this is the thing. I believe the greatest part of that scripture is not so much his fame, but the fact that people knew God did it through Joshua. He had the victory because of his God. He remained faithful. He did what God asked him to do, even though it seemed strange and people could see this man had success because he did what God wanted him to do. So I want to encourage you tonight. Set your target. Build your faith for it. And be obedient as you go along that journey. Just do what God asks you to do. And if some days you'll have bigger gains, some days you'll have smaller gains. But you will gain step by step and you will overcome and have your breakthrough. And so family, I want to encourage you tonight. I'm going to pray a prayer with you in a moment. But I want to encourage you tonight. Part of your obedience starts tomorrow. Because we are starting 21 days of prayer tomorrow. Isn't that awesome? 21 days of prayer. And every morning at 8 a.m., one of our team will lead you through the Pray First booklet. You can download it off our, uh, our website and follow through with us every day for 21 days. And through those 21 days, we're going to be praying for different things and different topics. Those topics might not necessarily be the one you want, but I'm sure as we go through it, one of them will be for you. But just be obedient. Pray with us 21 days. And I believe that by the end of that 21 days, many of you are going to come back and give us victory stories of the walls that have come down. Those gates that were shut, shut up are no longer shut up in your life. God has been good to you. Amen. So tomorrow, join us at 8 a.m. Right through all the way to the 21st, we're going to be following the 21 days of prayer. But friend, I'd like to pray for everybody this evening so that we can start this journey off knowing that God is on our side. Is that okay? So won't you bow your heads, those of you at home, just bow your heads. I want to pray for you this evening. Father, I pray for every one of these, your dear children. Whatever it is they're facing, whatever challenge has been before them, I know one thing, you are the God of breakthrough. You make a way where there seems to be no way. And Father, I pray that you would strengthen them on this journey. Just as Jesus prayed for Peter, we pray that our faith does not fail. I thank you, Lord God, that you are ordering their footsteps. You're helping them to stay the course, remain faithful and obedient as they walk this walk to their breakthrough. And Lord, we will look back and give you all the praise for what you have done in and through our lives. And we thank you for that in advance in Jesus' wonderful name. Thank you for watching the Christian Family Church YouTube channel. Don't stop here. Join our online community and join us live every Sunday. Subscribe to this channel so you don't miss a single video or live stream and share this with your friends. Thank you again for watching and God bless you.